Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here to talk about Kentucky's upcoming matchup with NC State in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, the 2021 edition of the Gator Bowl. And Luckett, since ESPN became the controller of all bowl games, uh, I get really thrown off by like dates and stuff. Uh, I, I felt like this first happened in, I guess it would be, it was Kentucky's f- first bowl run with Brooks when they really started doing it a lot. And you started seeing a bunch more bowl games, but they would have one, like there was two, they played the Music City Bowl in the same year twice because it like straddled that weekend where it was like, oh, well, we'll just play January. It, it makes it very confusing for me to suss out but we know that this is the end of the 2020 season. So I guess the 2020 tax layer Gator Bowl. Yeah. Um, NFL Sunday messes it up too. Like there's some years where we won't get New Year's Day. It would be the January 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, the playoff messes it up whenever they try right. that New Year's Eve experiment. Because for the longest time, these games are locked into certain days. Right, right. But now, since ESPN pretty much owns all the bowl games, mm-hmm. they just shuffle all over the place. So you're right. You never really know. Um, this today is usually kind of like the on a normal year. It's the kickoff for like big bowl, big boy bowl season starting. Um, right. Usually the Alamo Bowl is like the first big night bowl game, and that's tonight with Texas and Colorado. Well, mm-hmm. it'll be played by the time you hear this. Old school uh, Big gentlemen. Twelve matchup old school big 12 matchup so this is this is typically the bowl week um where you have games every day and whatnot but with some COVID cancellations tcu backing out tennessee backing out missouri backing out the damn texas schools between houston and tcu and smu i don't think any of them have been able to play consecutive weeks like that whole damn state is just like all over each other yeah i I hated it. I was looking forward to that Arkansas TCU matchup. It's old school Southwest rivalry. Yeah. Playing in Texas. Give, give Sam Pittman a bowl game in his first yeah. year. None right. of those Razorback fans expected that. Right. And then Tennessee, West Virginia. Could have, that would have been a big game for West Virginia people, I feel like. You think oh, play yeah. Tennessee. Appalachia. Ooh, who wins? The Coonskin Cat Volunteer or the Mountaineer? Right. Couldn't, now you yeah, get West Virginia Navy or not West Virginia Army, excuse me. It should be a pretty fun game, but it just it just stinks. They're usually you get multiple games a day, and now for most of these days we're only getting two games. Yeah. Still, you know, New Year's Day, and then the day after when Kentucky's playing NC State on the second. But I mean, it is what it is. They did get one thing right, and the playoff is on New Year's Day, which is where it should be. Right. Right. And not on New Year's right, Eve right. or whatnot. Yeah. I. I will say there is a nice novelty in a good New Year's Eve game. Like the year that Johnny football, so it would have been after they did the New Year's Six. Mm-hmm. When he played against Duke, I remember being at Two Keys watching that game, and I was more enthralled by what was happening in the football game than whatever yeah. social thing. I was, was in a, I was in Nashville for New Year's. I remember that. Yeah, it was a great game. There they, was um, there was a big concert 17? on Bro- on Broadway. Yeah, and I just remember of one of those bars or restaurants there with a TV in the window, and I was just watching that game for like four, probably forty five minutes to an hour because that was a he was like crazy comeback. Like Duke was up big early, and he had you know Johnny Football went went nuts there. But yeah, yeah, it's funny how you remember certain games like that. Like I remember. It was then the Alamo Bowl. TCU had a crazy comeback against Oregon. And that was another one where I believe I was out for, I believe it was a New Year's Eve, but it was like a bachelor party trip. And that was like the 
They were uh, Oregon was up like thirty five to three at halftime, and then TCU came back and won. And I just remember watching that entire second half in a bar somewhere mm-hmm. out for years. It's funny how you remember, yeah, random well, games like that. Yeah, and I mean they're they're big ones that will always hold a place in your heart, like national championships. I remember staying up late for the Boise State Oklahoma game, and I was yeah middle school ish, maybe high school. I was probably a freshman in high school at that point, and I normally wouldn't have stayed up for that game. It was kind of close, and so just me and my dad hanging out watching it, and then all of that went crazy. And there's one other random one that sticks out, and I think it ended up being kind of a blowout, but it was a few years back after the Music City Bowl fiasco where Benny Snell got tossed, and I just walked over. It was one of the, like, between the U of L game happening and, like, all of the kind of chaos during the day, none of my friends were still conscious by the time that I got finished working the Music City Bowl. So I just walked across the bridge. I was hungry, and mm-hmm. I just ate at the bar at Hooters and yep. watched uh, Paul Christ break the turnover chain and say, like, you want your turnover chain? That turnover chain. And uh, Wisconsin yeah. beat the crap out of Miami. That, from a bowl trip standpoint, that was probably the most fun I've had, even with Kentucky losing. Because you had that Kentucky Louisville game that that morning, you had all day. When you beat Louisville that bad too, it's all great. Yeah, <laughs> and so that was the ultimate tailgate before a football game, and then it's walk into the parking lot. Let's finish a couple more drinks before we go in here, and then you know that was the Kentucky Northwestern game was a fun game, all things considered. The ending. I met stunk. Darren Rovell there. Right. Uh, had a conversation with him, and he was like a normal human, which was like, oh. This is kind of nice. Like he's not uh, playing up the stick. Well, and he was also too. He was still liked for a certain, like to a certain extent. You know, he wasn't completely. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting dunked on at that point all the time. He was probably walking the line, but it wasn't. He wasn't over. Exactly, exactly. He was still in like, oh, he's just a lovable nerd who doesn't know what a personality is. Um, but he's just like a huge Northwestern fan, which like good for you, buddy um you know now he's he's very big dork but whatever uh enough darren Rovell talk i've got to get mad at the miami hurricanes because they're playing the cheesy ball right now and this is the ultimate game like it where every time i think i'm good and they're in that two-point window something happens so in the first half Derek king walks in the end zone for a touchdown yeah look up yeah. And then he's on the ground. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 hold up. You were just in the end zone. What the hell happened? And instead, he goes down with a freaking knee injury. And, you know, they settle for a field goal. And Kosey Perry comes in. But he comes and scores. And then they get the two-point conversion. I leave the room, go give the baby a bath. And I come back, and they didn't have the two-point conversion. What the hell happened? Yeah, yeah. That's gambling, man. Um. But like uh, I mean, how Miami just they're well so Miami's damn become an eleven personnel tradition. Last year during the bowl preview pod, we had Miami losing in a tick on with that fiasco oh where they were shut out, and now we have them playing a pretty fun game right now. Both at Camping Oklahoma World State, Stadium down in too, Orlando, if I'm correct. Right, that was, was, last year was in Shreveport, I think. I think that was Independence Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they had Which the we really don't get awkward this year, rest mayor. Yeah, the Shreveport mayor, like, in front of a factory saying, like, come to our <laughs> – come to our town. Come to our factory mill town. <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, that's another thing, too. I know we got, like, a Camellia Bowl on Christmas Day that, like, I was just like, what the hell's happening right now? Like that. Yeah, I love we, – we had it on at, at the house. I loved it. That was one of the better sporting events of Christmas Day, too. NBA basketball, that was garbage. I mean, I don't think there was one game within t- that was decided by single digits. The NFL game was – that was, I think, the day Kamara scored. It was fun to watch, NFL game. Yeah. They, but, Six but, touchdowns, the, yeah. Yeah, he just – he ran it up. Um, but so it was like, oh, Camellia Bowl. Oh, first, what's a, what's a camellia? Like, where where are we getting that from? Is that is that a town? Like, I know it's in Montgomery. Is that a brand of something? I think I that's know. what I'm missing is the very bad brands that I've never heard of before. Yeah, that are well, you sponsoring get one to, bowls. You get one tomorrow. Yeah, first I, game. It's Duke's the Arizona. Mayo. Oh no no no! Duke's your son, mayo. your son has a mayo. 
and he's sponsoring a bowl tomorrow. <laughs> well, and and they're taking the the Belk Bowls mm-hmm. uh, title, and since I still followed them from last year's stuff, th- their social media team still is incredible. Um, but there's there's one that's whoever sponsors the Arizona Bowl. It's like the Color Ed Bowl, or yeah, it's got a weird name. Um, the one I'm that to pull I think, it up right now. I think the one that I enjoyed most was uh, the ba- the Bahamas Bowl that was sponsored by the Industrial Park right, in yeah. Chicago. Because <laughs> it's just it's so cheap to it's you get a lot of bang for your buck if you sponsor a bowl game. So like you know you what know, if you're going to spend a lot on advertising, why not just do it all at once? The Offer Pad Arizona Bowl in Tucson at the Arizona Stadium. So what do we like? I'm sure that's probably like some sort of Groupon. Is that that's my best guess as a what an offer? I've never pad heard is. of offer pad before. Is it? I'm gonna guess it's like a Groupon. Do you have a any sort of guess as to what it might be? No. See, it used to be sponsored by Nova Home Loans, but oh they just they did decline their. I'm on Wikipedia right now. Declined their new sponsorship. A sponsorship. Um, OfferPad doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, so. What OfferPad? What is? It? I'm not sure what that is. I mean, the easiest way to sell your home, OfferPad. The real estate e- agency. Jesus, never would have guessed that. The Cheez It Bowl is doing a great job of maximizing their branding because they've got a bunch. Yes, of they. Yes, that's the way you do it. That's the, the way zone. you do it. I mean, yeah. they're doing it correctly. The, this, the cheese it bowl, ba- the cheese it bath. They fill up a cooler, and then the winning team dumps that on the. Coach. Oh man, the potato bowl when they dump the French fries. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I hope we get that from the Duke's Mayo Bowl tomorrow. We just get oh my mayo God. dumped on Paul Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a terrible game. What? Let's just. I was looking at the slate, and the more I looked at it, the more I was like, God, these games kind of suck. Is it? Am, am, am I? Am I being? It's not. It's cool? not. It's not great. I will say that. Um, because like, like, there's like, some games that could be enticing, like mm-hmm. Florida, Oklahoma, but nobody's playing for Florida. New Year's Day is good. You got the two playoff games. You got Cincinnati, Georgia, Auburn, Northwestern. Both I SEC like, teams, though, are like, oh my, what are they going to do? You know. The day Kentucky's playing, you know, it's Kentucky NC State. Outside of those two fan bases, not a lot of people will be excited in that. But Ole Miss, Indiana, I think That's, a lot of people are going to want to watch. It's going to be a great game. Yeah. Oregon, Iowa State, I like that matchup. And then North Carolina A&M should be back versus A&M at, at night. I think that's a good matchup. But, yeah, I mean, there's not – it's not it's not a great slate. Not a great bowl slate so far. Tomorrow we only – Wednesday, December 30th, when you really should be ramping up and having some – Good like you three can, games, three or four games. Well, you only get two because the Music City Bowl was canceled. Um, no Missouri, Iowa. So, but Florida, Oklahoma, I think that, that's a good matchup. Um, the Alamo Bowl, which you talked about, that's usually one of my favorite bowl games. But Colorado, Texas, is not you know not a greatest matchup. That game's usually pretty fun, but that one doesn't really excite me this season. Oklahoma State, Miami, what's going on right now? That's probably one of the better matchups we have. But yeah. I think overall it's less bowl games and the matchups aren't as great for sure. West Virginia Army is kind of a weird one. That, I, think I think that's going to be a good be, game. Yeah, I think that's going to have a ton of points just because yeah. Army, people don't aren't ready for that triple option. They go up and run it up. And West Virginia, they, they Neil Brown can put up some points. So that one should be fun. Uh, I'm, I'm worried with – so you had all the Florida opt-outs, which I'm yeah. – I'm, I'm, Look at it. Am I weird that I'm kind of worried about bowl games because De'Aaron King, he's one of those guys who decides like I'm going to yeah. be the guy. And you know who, what that storyline is going to be too. Oh, it's going to be awful because his family's been through enough crap as is too. Yeah. With dad dying, his mom had battled cancer this year. Like that, that would just be awful. And then to add to it, uh, I read a thing today where somebody kind of broke down. Like, well, what if there was just a group of five playoff? Um, because you know, if you have, yeah. I Coastal- tweeted, a, I tweeted about it last week. Just how, like, I, I did if they did top sixteen, like some of the matchups in there would be pretty fun. It, and they could on on the month of December, leading into some of the bigger bowl games. 
Well, in the way that they put it, if it was just a four-teamer with Coastal, Liberty, BYU, and Cincinnati this year, the the big reason why you would do that is for the TV money. And those schools, even though they're good, fun games that people love talking about, and it's on game day and it's great stories, people still they, they tune in to name brands. And yeah, no doubt. In ratings in general this year, I'm hoping it's just an anomaly because all of these bowl games and all of the kind of having 40 of them or whatever it is, they're driven because of ratings. They're some of the most watched things that on, on television, anytime, anywhere. And I worry that like, okay, if 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 they don't bounce back next year, I'll worry what's gonna happen because sports ratings are down across the board and that's that that, that, it makes me worry that the bubble is going to burst i mean this applies to all sports like it i think it's just some covid you know mixed with fatigue and a bunch of sports Mm -hmm. happening at the same time and getting out of our routines but if it doesn't bounce back then i do worry that with between that and just the insane amount of opt-outs that our, our, our bowl game fun is is going to lose a lot of its luster yeah i mean the playoff in a way killed it uh, because it's, it's just taken over. I don't really know what to think about those ratings because I know that was a big thing when the NBA was going on. Um, some people were bringing that up, but it, I mean, it's down for everybody, but it's also the weirdest season ever. Right. Like it, it can be hard to watch some of these games, you know, without a crowd, like watching college basketball has been really weird this year. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and even NBA too. I think that, that's, the NBA not in the bubble regular. That's the one I think you notice the most of the crowd not being there, not necessarily See, baseball or college football or the NFL. Um, but that that it's just it's really weird watching them play, kind of in an empty arena. I haven't even watched an NBA game. I guess I had it on in the background, but I hadn't even noticed it. I love the bubble. The bubble is probably the most I've watched the NBA in forever, and that was a the heart misses sports kind of deal, and it was on all the time. So it's like, of course I'm going to watch it. But, I mean, you're asking me to watch other sports when football is happening, and it's just, come on. Yeah. It's just <laughs> – um, so it's just different. I, you know, for a lot of people, um, this is an entertainment product. Tune in because it's entertaining. And without the fans there, that element takes away some of that entertainment value, I think, for, for everybody. Like, I'll be interested to see the Super Bowl ratings this year. Like, what do they look like? Because it's going to be a Super Bowl with nobody there. Man, it's going to be weird. And like, you're used to the extravagance of a big halftime show, JLo shaking her booty on stage, and right. It's just not. You're right, like it. It's 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 weird. Um, I think we just got to. I think it's important for all of us to not make too big of overreactions into this vacuum we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just try to get out of it and see how it is. Uh, I think long term. I think the G5 maybe separating off would probably I think they would be happier and I think probably the big wigs in college football would be happier too um but figuring out how they how they do that is the big question right especially with realignments kind of yeah I've talked about how I think it's going to eventually in college football the big schools are just going to break off and they'll hire a commissioner and they'll run it that way but until that that's probably a long way off for that to happen so I mean we'll see uh, just kind of enjoy it step by step. Um, it would be nice if they had an exciting playoff, I think, for the sport. Um, if they could, if those games could deliver, I think that'd be good for the sport. I, uh, I just drew a blank. I did that thing like it where I went to start talking and didn't know what I was to say. And what it was is that we're at the end of a pretty rough year. And uh, there's plenty of reasons to be angry for a variety of reasons. Right. Uh, especially when we watch that that old basketball team. Man, just to look back at some of the recent successes, I felt like that's what they some people kind of want to do with Eddie Graham, where it's like, man, you know, things haven't things are actually relatively not that bad. I as angry as I wanted to be at the four and six season, like there was a part of me when looking back at the good that happened to be like, man, things could be a lot worse. Like the floor 
for where Mark Stoops is at. Where you, like like this is a bad year and you're going to the Gator Bowl. Yeah, you know this is. It, it might have it, it. This might be a blessing to the skies that it happened now. Um, because I think it was pretty obvious. It was leaning that way towards going to the se- end of the season that they needed to fix the passing game. And if they didn't get it fixed, like if they play at play out the string in a normal year, go eight and four, they're probably back for twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. And then you just get more exposed in 2021. And it's just it, – it doesn't speed up the process. Get you to the finish line faster, which I think in hindsight that will probably be the most important part of this year. Four and six season did stink, but I think it's important to remember you play two top five teams this year in back-to-back weeks in November. And then the other part of the schedule, they just didn't win close games. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of blowout wins. And they didn't win close games. They didn't really games play close, in the close fourth games. Quarter. Like, they well, yeah, did. yeah. Well, well, I'll go back to I'll go to Auburn, I'll go to Ole Miss, and I'll go to Missouri. Those are the three. Auburn, it's it's fifteen thirteen. Kentucky has the ball with like twelve minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, the game is in. The, I mean, the game is in the balance. With each team has two possessions left in the game. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's going to win. Ole Miss, obviously, we know what happened in that game. Missouri, it's 17-10. Kentucky has the ball with nine or ten minutes left. So, like, they lose these games, two of them by double digits, but really they were right there. Like, the plays were there for them to make to go win the game, and they just they didn't do it in either instance. Mm-hmm. Now, two of them were away from, the ro- away from home, and then Ole Miss, you just lost a crazy game. But if you win one, two of those, it's, it's just a totally different outlook on the year. And so that's what I think uh, Stoops mentioned a bunch of times this season about how, how all these teams are mashed up together and no one really feels like they're having all that good of a season. Yeah. I'll use LSU as a perfect example. LSU had three games where they had no business winning. <laughs> at Arkansas, at Florida, home against Ole Miss. They somehow win all three of those. They get to five and five. It saves Orgeron a lot of heat this mm-hmm. offseason. If they lose those, they're possibly two and eight, maybe three and seven. They've only still won. And then it's just it's just a totally different kind well, of thing there. I mean, and you can say the same thing about NC State too. <laughs> Kentucky's yes. Gator Bowl and opponent. That, they're and that's four what, and one right. in one score games mm-hmm. and all of the four are bad teams excluding Liberty. Like you squeak out a win against Syracuse, you do that with Wake Forest. They won a lot of shootouts. A lot of shootouts. In not very convincing fashion, so that's one reason. To be like, you know what? Like, who have they beat? Who is NC State beat yeah. that makes you go like, oh, I mean, yeah, Nick, I, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do a little exercise with you. Oh, okay. for our I'm, listeners, I'm fine. I'm excited to exercise. It, it we're is gonna, resolution time, isn't it? We're gonna go through NC State schedule, and on a neutral field, I want you to answer: Would Tennessee or Louisville beat this team? Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, this will be interesting because I'm sure Louisville's played some of them. Wake Forest. On a neutral. Uh... Louisville crushed them at home. So, yeah, yeah, they would. In Tennessee. God. Talent yeah. advantage, heavy Tennessee. Wake Forest is better coached. Yeah. Um. Wake Forest can score too, so yeah, I would probably lean Wake Forest, but that could go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virginia Tech, I would probably favor Virginia Tech in both those matchups. I would too. Yes. Okay. Pittsburgh, I, think I would it's say, close, but we'll, it's close. I would, I would say, yeah, I would say both of those are close. Virginia, it's probably the same as Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, but I'd probably give Tennessee a, a more of an advantage over Virginia. And okay. Louisville, you're still losing. Sorry, Duke. Both win. Oh, yeah. Terrible. North Carolina, both will lose. Yep. Miami, probably lose. Probably. Florida State, both will win. Right. Liberty. Both this, would. This, yeah. This is where I always struggle because Liberty, like, who do they play really this season? They beat Virginia Tech on kind of a miracle field goal. Um, they should have beat NC State. NC State kind of blocks a field goal or the, it gets a safety or they would have won that game. But other than that, you know, you they don't beat know. Coastal. Right, they beat Coastal. <laughs> that was wild. Right. 
And then the last two are Syracuse and Georgia Tech. Which are both terrible. Yeah. Like, so, like – Louisville lost to Georgia Tech. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> but I think if they played them again, that would they would win. I think there's some flukiness to that. My, my point in this is they've played – let's see here. Duke, Syracuse, Georgia Tech are bad, bad teams. So they win the they've won those three in Florida Miami State. Just, Florida Miami State, I tried to put them in there. Okay. So Miami just got a two point conversion to cut to three on a reverse. There we go. And so <laughs> this game's getting wonky. <laughs> so they've had all they've they've been blown out twice. Miami they gave they gave a, a scare to, but they I just think they've benefited from their schedule a lot. Yeah, like it's I think a bad this is a, schedule. I think this is a solid football team, but this is not the number. Like they're ranked twenty fourth. There's, there's, they're not the twenty fourth best team in college football. It's really about to fall. Like I, I think that's kind of how they they got to this point as far as the rankings go. Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, they're a team from the ACC that kept on winning. Right. Their their record is what Virginia Tech thought they would be, but the wheels have completely fallen off. Fuente, the right. amount of people entering that transfer portal. I mean, Hendon Hooker's leaving too. I mean, they're a freaking mess. Um, mm-hmm. But but the thing about NC State that, that they do just a couple of things that are just weird enough that kind of give you pause. Mm-hmm. And it's what we'll mention. You're, you're going to hear about it time and time again this week, and that's that 3-3-5 defense. Um, because it gave Kentucky so many fits in that Mississippi State game. Now – it was just the third game of the year, but UK sucked. Their offense was so bad in that game. And it's a good thing that the defense picked off 17 passes or else they were going nowhere fast. So that would give me pause, however. Or they could have just gave the ball to Rodriguez, and that probably would have cured a lot of ills. It, there's that. And, like, hearing Drake Jackson talk about it, where, like, it's his job to call out the, you know, what the defense is doing. He was pretty like, I mean, Mississippi State blitzes almost every single play where you're not going to see the same kind of stuff from NC State. And it it feels like this version of it is much more palatable. So if it does give you pause, like it did initially for me, I'm I'm not as initially worried about it as I was uh, whenever I first found that out. When you posted that the night of uh, the bowl selection, which – Man, how many weeks ago was that? I, I can't keep track of things. The one thing I'll say about that 3-3 stack is Zach Arnett, who's Mississippi State's defensive coordinator, comes off the Rocky Long Tree, who is kind of the brainiac of that whole thing. Um, Tony Gibson, he's been running it for forever for Rich Rod. He, he's not necessarily a part of that tree, so it's a little different how they do things. Um, it's not as much confusion. It's probably more of that old-school uh, – uh, like little league offense defense where you slap them on the butt and it tells you to go one way or the yeah. other. <laughs> but it's, I mean, at, at, yeah, at its point, it's trying to create confusion and it wants to, um, it wants to get you behind the chains. That's what, that's the biggest goal. So they're willing, willing to give up some yards um, to cash in on some negative plays. And that shows up what they rank six, I believe nationally in tackles for loss. Yeah. Pretty Two good. inside linebackers are awesome. Making plays all over the field. Peyton Wilson was is really, really, really damn good. Um, he's one of their highest-rated recruits. He's playing like an NFL guy. They've got a nose tackle who might be the best nose guy in college football. And Aline McNeil is really going to be an interesting matchup for Drake Jackson um, because he's going to keep um, a, a center and guard occupied at most times to free up those linebackers to run around and make plays. And then they just – they're good on the defensive line. They've gotten pr- production from all those guys. Um, and they protect what is a very young secondary and probably um, not very talented secondary when you look at some of the recruiting rankings. So, really, when I look at NC State, Dave Dorn entered this COVID. That might have changed with COVID. He brought in two coordinators. He promoted Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator. He brought in Tim Beck, at offensive coordinator. And those dudes, they they have made the biggest – impacts on this team, I think. Just Gibson running this new type of style of defense, and it's really being successful. And then Beck just – they've had quarterback issues. They've got a guy playing now named Bailey Hockman, who for all intents and purposes has a rag arm 
but they're still finding ways to get productive play from him and getting chunk yards, which is really a huge testament to Beck um, in how he's designed this pass game. So I think their court they've gotten really good. I love really, the, the, the rag arm. Like the like, rag it's, arm. Like, it's like you you're trying to be nice, but you're like, he just got a rag arm. Yeah. We used so, to uh, when we used to talk trash at like baseball games, you've got a noodle arm. Right. Which, noodle arm. It just reminds me of the uh wacky inflatable gas, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine one of them trying to throw a football every time I hear it. So I think just their coordinators have done a really good job. Um, as a team, they've they found ways to win some close games, and a lot of coaching goes in that. Now you do need some uh, fortuitous bounces, uh, but you have to give them credit, and they've got a chance to finish in the top twenty-five. It's going to be Dorn's maybe his best season there in Raleigh. I mean, he's been there since Mark Stoops was hired at Kentucky, so you have to give them them credit for getting to where they are. Um, if you look at the talent rankings, like in the composite, I think Kentucky's twenty-sixth. NC State's right around 33, 34. So it's pretty, you know, talent's pretty, pretty close. Pretty even. And then when you look at the metrics too, the line being at UK minus two or three or wherever it is right yeah, now. Yeah, that just tells you what they think about the, the ACC yeah. and the schedule they played. And and that 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 all kind of adds up. The um the one thing that I am kind of excited for. That got me a little fired up for this game was was talking to Drake Jackson today, and I asked him about going up against McNeil, and his kind of tone of voice changed. It was like a, oh yeah, where and he just rattled off some of the guys. He's like, I loved going up against Jeffrey Simmons, loved going up against uh, Javon Kinlaw. Like that, those are the kind of matchups I live for. And he had this like. I'm going to murder somebody and they're you're never going to hear about them ever again kind of tone about it. So I, I, I'm I have a feeling he's going to put some of his best tape out there just for this game. It's got me excited for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think another thing to get folks excited about is uh, Josh Ali today. Uh, sounds like he's uh, this won't be his last game as a Wildcat. Yeah, I don't think we should be surprised by that either. No, no, no. Especially with the new Cohen hire and the type of receivers the Rams use. Yeah, kind of fits the description of Josh Ali. Fits the bill. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think he's a guy, if he didn't want to play at Kentucky next year, he was probably a guy that was going to transfer somewhere. Yeah. I don't think he's really looking at the NFL. I think another year would really suit him. He didn't redshirt. So yeah, so it's only going to be his fifth, fifth year. year. Yeah. So I, that doesn't surprise me. I think that's good. Um, and I think we're going to find out some more here coming up. Yeah, I think, I think there's going to be a handful that'll handful that'll come back. I'm I'm wanting to dig in to see if there's anything to Bohan or not. I just he's had some tweets lately that kind of alluded to this being his last game. I'm so it seems Hoskins is going to the Hula Bowl, and I kind of always got the sense that yeah. he was joking anyway about. So it's Brandon Eccles. Yeah, so those guys are definitely out. I'm trying to think of any – like, is Fortner – I wonder what his school situation is. Um, I know he graduated. He's working on master's or something. Right. Some so smart, I, smart stuff. Oh, yeah, he's an engineer. He's a genius. So, if he, if he still has another year of school left, he might just be like, well, screw it. You know, I know a lot of those engineers do co-ops and stuff. But like you know, football can be your co-op. <laughs> so yeah, be uh, nice. He'd be a good one to have for sure. He would be a good one to have back. In, but the big one's Darian Kennard. Um, and I know uh, Vince alluded to it today. Stoops did earlier this week as well. They're expecting the kind of underclassmen evaluation stuff to to be back within days, really. So, and that's going to tell them a lot. And. And they've kind of hinted at it like it. They're like, you know, we've had a lot of guys who they they can really move up the board, and we we well, those the Wolfer comments. It, it sounded like he thought he was staying. Did uh, how did? I mean, you had to read it between the lines a little bit, but yeah, and I, I wasn't. It came sure. off as he thought he was 
staying because he said something about how he needs um needs stuff to work on or that you know we got Darian Kennard coming back or it was it was having to come back or something. I was like, you could have up to who who I don't know if it was me or Derek or whatever, but you could have up to as many as four people gone. It's like, well, you know, if Kennard comes back, he kind of snuck that one in there. So that one would be huge. Um, and maybe they're telling him, like, dude, just come back and prove you can play tackle. You know, don't don't be a guard. And I, I think that well, would suit him running that outside zone stuff, you know? Their track record on these types of things, too. These guys usually have usually come come back to school. Right. Josh Allen. Really, Boom is the only exception, and he just kind of – he surprised everybody. Uh, yeah, but that this that boom was different because he wasn't getting drafted. You know, he was seventh, sixth round at best. Right, like right. Kennard's getting drafted. I mean, he's getting picked. Like Josh Allen, if he came out, he was getting picked. Mike Edwards, if he came out, he was getting picked. It was just a matter of when or where. Right. And then, like, like let's look at Lynn Bolden last year. Like, it was a no-doubter. Even Stoops came out and said, like, he's done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There was – where Kennard, there's a little bit of doubt there. I think it's because they know – that they could probably get him into the first round with another year. Man. I mean, hell, he's – how many different All-American teams is he on right now? Right. It's just another year of work if he keeps getting better like he is. And the thing with Kennard, you can sell on it next year, is you're going to be in more traditional pass sets with this offense. Um, the scheme we're bringing in is an NFL scheme that a lot of teams use. You know, the cell's there, and then plus you can show this track record of these guys that have came back who could have gone pro, and it's worked out for, you know, all of these guys. So I think – if I – I think he's coming back as of right now, just kind of reading in between the lines. He's in this weird no-man's land of second to third round kind of area. And, like, is that really what you want to do? They, they don't really know his position. Like some people probably think he's a guard right now. Dane Brugler thinks he's a guard right now. Mm-hmm. Some people think he's a tackle. So he could come back and prove that he can play tackle. It's just um, an interesting spot. And if he wants to be a first round pick, he needs to prove he can play tackle because you don't take guards unless they're Quentin Nelson in the first round. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot for him to come back. And he's only, he's a true junior, it'd be his fourth year. I just, you know, he lost his offensive line coach, and that's obviously a big deal. Um, how he gels with this new offensive line coach probably will say a lot in the decision. But I think, I think it's it seems like Kentucky's probably pushing him hard to come back, and I think they have the sell there for him and the proven, um, proven it with a track record that's worked out for guys in his situation before. Yeah, and the. It really would be a huge get. I think Ali is probably the biggest sell just because there's no there's nothing, there's nothing else, else at receiver. I mean, right. there's just nothing. <laughs> so you get that's like at least gives you something to lean on. Him right. and Upshaw together is a nice start. Exactly, especially in, in that offense. Whereas, like, I'm I'm confident that Kentucky's recruited some guys that could play tackle. I mean, Nasir Watkins has played a lot of football um, for you. He's coming off injury. Jeremy uh, Flax was a highly rated recruit. Yeah, so there's guys there. But still, having a guy come back that could be a consensus All-American. I mean, you would have four years in a row where there's guys on All-American teams that you can put in your record book. And, oh, my goodness, that dude almost caught it inside the 10. This Miami-Oklahoma State game is getting nuts. They, Miami's down three, and they just threw a ball, a deep ball to the 10 and hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Kosey Perry out there slinging it, man. I know, man. I, they do some really dumb, like, quarterback draw fakes with him, though. Like, I haven't fell for one of them. Where he just, like, lowers his shoulder. It, yeah, they're it, still running the uh, Derek King offense with, with him. It reminds me of the, uh, the like, let your shoulder lean, where you would, like, or, or for the older folks, he's doing the hokey pokey with his shoulder. <laughs> he's, he's putting his shoulder, putting his shoulder out. Um, but back to it, though. You get Kennard back. Like, that's – you can really talk yourself into some yeah. fun things happening next year. Yeah, it's a nice piece for a new play caller to have, too. Yeah, no. there at right tackle. And, and, on, and a, well, in the transition of the offensive line, it's just going to – it'd be nice to have that. 
you know, he's the best player. He's one of the best players. He'll be one of the best players entering the SEC next year. So it'd be pretty cool to have him if you if you can get him. And I think the sell is there for Kentucky. It's just him making the decision. Whew. But what, I would imagine that that would come, you know, within a few weeks. Uh, Ali is going to make an announcement official after the bowl game. I'm sure you'll see a rash of those. One other person I'm curious to, I, I mean, he's a fifth-year guy, but just haven't heard a lot of Boogie Watson stuff. I felt like we uh, – mm-hmm. no, he, he was eh, – never mind, never mind. He was tweeting stuff about being thankful playing for Stoops. But yeah, just- he, had a, he had a post saying, Thank, thankful for this guy for the great five years or whatnot. Five years is a long time. Like, those guys, like, for getting a guy to come back for a six is a pretty hard sell, I think. Oh, my God. Stuff just got unplugged. You are who you are after five years. There's not much right, right. growing to do, in my opinion. Um, speaking of growing, uh, this has nothing to do with growing. NC State's offense, they've got some big ass wide receivers like it. Those dudes are enormous. And two big ones on the outside. And you sure. lost your 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 big corner. With Kelvin Joseph, like he he's the kind of guy that like mm-hmm. this is a great matchup for him to pad his sets and look good for draft. And I, I know you know he's boss man fat, but like, dude, what is going on? I'm having, I'm having cool. this is uh... all right. There we go. I'm 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 having some technical issues, and it's frustrating. Almost as frustrating as, like, hey, Kelvin, you wouldn't want to put some more tape out there? You played, like, one year football. Nevertheless, I digress. They've got some big, big Hotman's job easier, and this is just shorting out. <laughs> I'm just... You're all over the place. Yeah. It's just, no. That's how we're, we're going to We're in 2020 with some technical difficulties. <laughs> Um, some chaos and a cheese it bowl. Uh, you know, it's just a little bit of everything. Um, but now I, I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh, NC State's offense. They got big receivers and they got a guy named Bam at running back. Really like the Bam at running back. Just a great name. Don, I mean, his first name's pretty good. Zonovan. Zonovan. Why does he go by Bam? You don't need to Bam. Yeah. Was like Bam Adebayo had a good first name. He didn't need a nickname. Yeah, but for the receivers, um, to me, when you look out, like they balance it's balanced attack. Like he, they dish the ball to a lot of a lot of different people. They've got five guys, I believe, with twenty plus receptions. So they really balance it out. They're tight end. I think is the most dangerous guy, Kerry Angeline, who's a USC transfer. Um, he's probably got he's got the least amount of targets, but when they throw to him, good things happen. I believe he's got twenty something receptions, and six of them are touch six or seven of them are touchdowns. So when they go to him, good things really happen. So he's going to be a tough matchup, and it's really just the balance of their passing game that I think that can make them um, tough to defend. Um, and the these receivers are the main reason why this team ranks top ten nationally in pass yards of 20, 20 plus yards. Oh, wow. So they're able to get chunk yards, but when it comes to getting pass plays of 40-plus yards, they're down in the 70s. So it really drops down. It's not a super explosive attack, but they can gobble up some yards. They're yakkers. They're, they're not yakkers, if you will. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they've got some big bodies. They go up and make competitive catches. Um, they do a good job of getting their slot receivers involved in different ways. They mix in some play-action stuff off the outside zone. Um, which which opens up some things for them um, for some easy throws for Bailey Hawkman. Um, so that's that's really the strength of their team is this passing game. The run game, NC State's got a thing going on, Nick, where the best back doesn't get the majority of the touches. Ricky Person um, has a hundred. Let's see here, hundred forty-one carries on the year. Bam Knight has one hundred thirty-one. Uh, Knight has his he has a yards per carry average one point. One, two yards higher per attempt. He's got nine touchdowns. Ricky Person only has four. Um, Bam Knight's success rate is significantly higher. He has a higher big play rate. Um, his negative play rate is significantly lower, but Person gets most of the touches. 
So from Kentucky standpoint, if you can keep person on the field, you should feel pretty good. But night out there is obviously a different weapon. But this team under three yards per carry against the bad defenses in Syracuse and Georgia Tech. So they have struggled to run the ball. Um, so for Kentucky, it's going to be all about you can stop the run and get after Hawkman because they have had a leaky pass uh, pass protection. But Kentucky hasn't been able to pressure the quarterback really all season. So that's kind of a, a matchup right there. And for Kentucky, it's finding a way to eliminate the big plays on 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 in the pass game. And so this is a good attack. It's not a great attack. Um, they do some good things well. I, with Dave Doran, one thing I do want to mention is they love trick plays. I've seen reverse passes. I've seen flea flickers. I've seen throwbacks to who knows where. I've seen wildcat throws. I mean, they do a lot of different stuff, So you ha- and especially in a bowl game, you have to be aware of that. Um, there, there are slot receivers there. Thomas threw a touchdown pass this year, I believe, or last year. Uh, no, it was this year against Miami. So they do a lot of different things like that. So um, they're a creative offense, and they find unique ways to strike when they can. Um, so for Kentucky, you know, stop the run and don't give up big chunk chunks in the past game, but that's kind of the, the game plan every week. Yeah, and, and that, that really does fit kind of what they do well is, hey, you need to stop some explosive pass plays. Great. Uh, the pass coverage, the, the pass pressure, not the same. And, oh, there's Cheez-Its in a moment. Oh, that's great. Mike Gundy gets a win. Gosh. Nice win for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody say that Mike Gundy's like Ron Paul in the regular season, but Bernie Sanders in the postseason. <laughs> very funny. Very funny tweet. Uh, they, they do pretty well in bowl games. Miami, I help. They haven't won a bowl game since, what, the Bush one administration? Jimmy Christ. No, they won. Rick won one. But other than that, they're like one in 14 or something stupid. So bad. Um, yeah, the fun state that I looked up today was that Jeff Munkin has averaged 50 points per game in bowl games in his 3 you know, and Army, <laughs> which is just insane. Like, they scored – they hung 70 on – Houston. Yeah. My God. That's I remember just, that. 70 points? Like, Jiminy Christ. And that's when you know you're just dominating somebody because they couldn't, like, not score. When you're getting to 70, it's because you can't not not score. So, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem with Kentucky on Saturday. I know you said Dor- Blake's doing the trickery stuff. I mean, you're letting Vince Merrill call the plays. He's going to yeah. do something like that. We, and we really don't know. I mean, I don't know what to expect from that. I would expect more a lot of Chris Rodriguez, but you know, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I think an important part in this game is NC State's traditional run defense is really daggone good. Um, and then them going against Chris Rodriguez is kind of a unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Um, if you want some advanced stats, I tweeted them on my timeline. But like it's strength, I mean it's the biggest strength on strength as you can get when those two are going at it. But when I look at NC State this year, they've struggled with some QB run element. The Eric King ran all over them. Well, he was the reason that Miami won that game. Malik Willis um, got some productive plays on the ground against them. Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech's quarterback, had success uh, with the Q run game. So there's some stuff there, I think, that Terry Wilson could hopefully take advantage of. Now, quarterback run has been a disappointment for the team all season. But I think that's something they have to have this week. And then – from a coverage standpoint, I don't real, think. Go real, ahead. Real quick, let me stop you there on the quarterback run because today Vince was talking about how well Joey was was playing, and I, I know towards the end of the year they've just been like, "All right, Terry, you know this is your last ride. Just take us home." Do you read anything into the Gatewood compliments, or is yeah. it just Vince making somebody happy? They're trying to keep him around until next year because they need him as a backup quarterback. See, I didn't know if that was the case or if it was, hey, we're going back to Gaywood's hometown. Uh, they're stuck against the quarterback run. Let's get him going north-south. I, I don't buy it into that, but I think <laughs> they are trying. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a package for him for this. 
but he's going to get loved up on in that program this offseason, I would think. Just because make they, sure they have two quarterbacks. Yeah, because they're going to need him around for the season next year. Yeah, I don't think they're going to trust Cash Aaron and Scalzo to be the second quarterback. Just don't see it happening. So. Yeah, they're not, you know, it's either – it's either have a it's either have a real conversation with Gaywood and then be willing to get into the portal, but you've kind of missed that boat because all those quarterbacks have been gobbled up already. So now the only other option is to make sh- do what you got to do to make sure he's on the roster next season. And then for him, it should be he should be aligned to graduate. So then, if he wanted to leave again, he could. But that's really, um, I think, the goal there. And Gaywood. I think that's why I think you're going to see some comments from a lot of c- coaches about. Gatewood playing well and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He should consider the Logan Thomas pathway, though. I mean, like, that dude, I forgot what game it was this year, but, um, hell, it was a game against my Steelers when he, like, single-handedly beat Pittsburgh. Former yeah. quarterback yeah. is leading receiver as tight end. I mean, like, that's perseverance. The whole, like, I, I get how the whole quarter, like, asking a black quarterback to, change positions there's like it's it's loaded language and you know you, you you're judging all that but I, I mean Logan Thomas shows you that like if you're willing to adapt and you're a good athlete like you can find a home in the NFL and Gatewood he might have to have look in the mirror and have that conversation one day you know like am I am I going to try to like keep putting the square peg in a round hole or do I want to be an athlete and, and do athletic do something different you know now I'm not saying he needs to do that right away. Kentucky needs to have him as an option at quarterback, but that's just something he might have to, to look in the mirror and say down the road. Mm-hmm. 2018, Kentucky played Central Michigan. They had a guy named Tony Polgen play quarterback. Yeah. Dude's going he, to the NFL as a tight end. That's what I'm getting. He was awful that game. He was he so was bad. Awful that year. He moves to tight end. Grad transfers to Virginia this year. Has a really good year, and he's going to get drafted as a tight end. He was – the thing that was most surprising about him – is he was just like so terrible evading the rush because he does his lateral quickness is awful. Yeah. But when he got those long legs moving, man, he like long that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's another one. Uh, but back to NC State from a coverage standpoint. Just in their secondary, I did what teams in Kentucky were just like, you know, screw you. We're just going to play you press man and you're, you're going to have to. You know, we're going to bully you at the line. I don't think they're going to see a lot of press man from NC State. So it should make them getting into their routes easier, should open up some of those sticks and short game um, they throw um, so they don't have to beat a lot of press. So passing game should come, I think, a little easier in this bowl game, which is going to help a lot. But I think for Kentucky to win this game, like I'm, I'm mesmerized to see what Rodriguez can do against this defense and against with Kentucky's offensive line. This is the uh, maybe North Carolina. That's the only one really in the ballpark of Kentucky's offensive line that NC State seen all season. And North Carolina, their running backs ran for like 280 yards against them. So, like, I just, I just, how, how does that play out? Is it just did North Carolina State benefit on this week schedule with some a lot of bad offensive lines, some not very good running backs, or does their defense kind of the real deal? I just. I think that that's gonna that's a fascinating thing to watch in this game. Um, it's one thing I'm really gonna look forward to watching. And Kentucky doesn't really give up a lot of you know they've avoided non sack tackles for loss for the most part outside of the quarterback run game. And can they lean on NC State to create some some things? And then just what does a Merrill offense look like? You know how many crazy trick plays do we see? Um, what do they try to do different maybe than they've done? There's just a lot of unknowns from Kentucky's side. You just don't know. That's why bowl games are fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know about you, Luckett, but I really feel like when we talk about this game next week, that it's going to be hard for me to – It's going to be a total throwaway game. Yeah, like like it's hard for me to be disappointed in what the outcome is. This game's not going to – it doesn't mean anything, but these these bowl games control storylines throughout the offseason. Yes, like people that talk them down, but they, these are big games. Not necessarily, I think, for the players and coaches, but just for the fan base and how they're singing in a public light. These these things carry weight, and I think for Kentucky, you know, you had a rough season, but We're if just, you go, but Tennessee you go last in, year in that Gator mm-hmm. winning this game last year, right. with Indiana, but you know, like Indiana say, was actually the good team this season, right. not right. Tennessee. 
say you, you're Kentucky and you go out and punt this NC State team. You run for 260 yards. Your defense keeps them in check most of the game. You beat a top 25 team. And you can still like, oh, the SEC's a freaking juggernaut gauntlet. We get, finally got out. We steamrolled another ACC team. And then you can kind of move forward into the year. Like these games, they don't matter, but they I think they also do matter in a certain way. And even in a loss, I think then it would just be completely, you know, we're turning a new page. And five and six looks a lot better than four and seven. Oh, man, it looks a lot better. <laughs> a lot better. And Kentucky's got a non-conference winning streak rolling a little bit right now. Yeah, uh, hasn't lost to the ACC since 2017 either. Yeah, so it's they've won 18. They went 4-0 and against the non-con. No, five and zero. Oh. Yeah, nineteen they went. Fi- nineteen they went five and zero. Oh. So they got a ten game non conference winning streak riding right now. That's nice, real nice so you, car. So you get that eleven, and you should enter the Louisville game next year with a fourteen game non conference winning streak. So they got they got a nice little roll going. It'd be nice to see them continue it um, against an NC State team that matches up well with them in a lot of areas. Like any 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 outcome you talk about NC State blowout, Kentucky blowout, Kentucky close win, NC State close win, I can see happening because bowl games are weird. You just don't know, and these teams are close enough where it could go anyway in this game, which which is going to make it a fun game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope Ole Miss doesn't steal our shine, though. I'm I'm worried that yeah. Ole Miss Indiana is going to steal a lot of eyeballs on Saturday. I think. Uh, I'm very. I'm just very interested in this line. It's captivated me. Oh, because it's gone I, back and forth. It started as UK minus four, and went all the way to NC State minus four, and now it's back to UK minus three. Yeah, it's a lot of movement. <laughs> Swinging just back and forth, back and forth. They. It tells me Vegas really does not think very much of NC State. In that schedule, the Wolfpack. I mean, Dave Dorn too. I felt like Mangus liked to make a punching bag out of him for the longest time, and yet he just keeps hanging around. NC State. We could get into this. They're a program that probably should do better, but they don't. Hell, they had how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL at one yeah. time? I mean, yeah. Right now they've got at least two: Rivers, and Ryan Finley, Brissett, and um. Well, that's four then. Russell Wilson and uh, Russell Wilson, if you count him, yeah. And Phil Rivers, I guess they've got two NC State on the and, Colts <laughs> and a competent NC State, really a competent NC State or North Carolina, is a death knell to South Carolina. Oh, I love it because if they're in there mixing, like with what Mac's doing right now, that's another thing no one talks about with South Carolina. Like if he's doing what he's doing, like South Carolina needs to steal players from North Carolina. Right now, Mac's just locking down the state, like. And if he's doing that, you're really you're really hurting if you're South Carolina. I really I mean, that want, hurts in, NC State too. I really want Chris Mack or no, I said Chris Mack, <laughs> uh, Mac Brown to beat Jimbo in that final bowl game. And it's yeah. mostly because you're kind of getting a Texas is back moment. With that, like, like, because Texas fans hate A and M, so they're going to be cheering for their old coach, but also being like, "Why the hell did we fire this guy?" So I'm hoping that happens. Uh, I want it to. I'll, I'll really like that number, even though you don't. Yeah, you can suck it, pal. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, I really want North Carolina to to pull that one away. Um, but nothing else. I just want these games to be exciting because it's been, all in all, a pretty fun college football year and right now i'm just watching texas get stopped on yeah. fourth and one so like we've had some moments even though they came in unexpected places like that florida lsu game did not see that happening yeah. whatsoever at all and that was incredible so even though i opened this by talking about just being like what 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 i really think we're going to have some unexpected fun over the next few days i want to live in a world where oklahoma gas is up Florida in the Cotton Bowl, and Dan Mullen after this great season 
just as enters, enters it with three straight losses and a lot of, you know, what could be, what oh, could you, have been. and couldn't get it done with the Heisman contender. And some, and right, and some doubters in. going into Oh, it. man. I want to give it to me. I want to live in that. Um, because here's the thing about Oklahoma going into this game. They're getting that whole team back next year. Their defense is taking a jump. Like, Oklahoma is going to be legit national title contender, in my opinion, from where I'm sitting next year. And this is kind of a catapult for them in their backyard in Dallas. Like, I think that's a that's a big game, and Florida's walking in there um, shorthanded, um, to say the least, with all their wideouts um, not playing for the most part. So I just – I want to live in that reality where Oklahoma gasses them up, and then we have – then we get the, the the takes and on the fine bomb show because then all the you know they control the east and like you know it was a launching pad over Georgia all that's kind of over if you end the season losing three well, straight games especially to yeah Georgia which Freddie he's ready to seek Georgia quit I think Georgia like as much as I know your boy Desmond Ritter you know Tiger Tech whatever. I think Georgia having an offense, like they're another one of those teams that. Yeah, this is a launching pad for them for next yeah, year's season. It really right? is. Um, having JT Daniels back. So, like, I'm very excited to have. Uh, well, ha- you had fun, Florida. You missed your chance to, to surpass Georgia. Like, I, I really want that to happen. Because, yes, let us. Yeah, let me live in that. Like, give me that reality. Because Dan Mullen just drives me insane. I just cannot stand the guy. Like, he is. He is going to end up being my Spurry. You're, you're my – He's already – he's about on that level for me. I just ah, – He's so – That cool. whole – the thing with Missouri and then the Star Wars thing, and then he gets a show cause. Oh, and he and, uh, didn't like – he did the thing at Vandy where he thought he was cute and didn't let the team go in the locker room. And then a couple years before, he got, walks over there like he's going to fight Derek Mason. And Yeah. What I'm, the, just, I just, I'm just over him. The only you can't, you can't recruit. he has is screaming at Todd Grantham and keeping him around to just yeah. drive Florida fans yeah. insane. Which that's another thing. Like, <laughs> we just saw LSU and Alabama kind of slice up Grantham's defense. Now we've got – Lincoln Riley had three weeks to – cook up a game plan oh god and what i'm calling and what i think is gonna i think that's a big game for oklahoma so we we could see an outburst or two on you didn't really see it against alabama but florida needs their defense to play well probably to win this game and mullen probably knows that going in so if they have some moments there's going to be uh and uh, a burst or two on the sideline Ooh, um let's run it back uh, grantham part two at uofl <laughs> I don't uh, think that, that defense coordinator would, is going anywhere. It wouldn't be as fun uh, as a Brian Van Gorder part two, but it would still be fun nevertheless. So uh, Let's just get Grantham with Orgeron down there in the bayou. Oh, my God. You want to talk about some sideline action going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, at, we, 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 you, you talked a lot about at length how this game might unfold the Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville. You're going to be there. So, I will. Down here right now. Yeah, so I just I, – I, I'm just curious your thoughts on just attending the game and, like, what that's going to be like. Just I – don't, I don't know what to expect from afar, but I'm sure you're excited to be there. Yeah, the, the rain has kind of been teasing us all week. It keeps getting pushed back. Like, it was supposed to rain Thursday and Friday. Now it's supposed to rain Saturday. Then the weather report today says it's not supposed to rain until – afternoon saturday so that's something to watch out for is the forecast as we move along i i covered one game at kroger field this year but i didn't go to one all season as a fan so i really don't know what to expect at some of these games well like what the you, atmosphere is like what, you know what you can expect some right. some ice cold bud light time there's yeah. at least going to be that there florida um there is a mask mandate but it's not super heavily enforced. I'll say that down here. Um, oh, yeah, at, at, in Louisville, you go to a restaurant, like you can't sit at the bar or anything. Right. You can sit at the bar in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little, a little more loose down here. So yeah, yeah. I think maybe they may, you know, we, we saw some games in the SEC this year where maybe they weren't really enforcing um, social distancing 
as people move down to lower levels. Um, it seems like tickets are there's plenty of t available tickets. So if you're thinking about making the trip or whatnot, worried about getting tickets, you could definitely get that. But I, I don't know. Right. I, I, I haven't been to a game like this, so um, I don't. I don't Old games are weird, so I'm hoping to see um, some weird action. Yeah, I, I I think that it's safe to say that this game will get weird. And like I, I know we're typically in the predicting business, um, but like I have no idea what to expect other than a lot of Chris Rodriguez carries. And what I want to happen, I want Terry Wilson to have a good game. Uh, I want him to go out on top for all the storylines you mentioned and to, to leave the big blue nation with a good taste in their mouth. So that's what I'm wanting to happen. You know, maybe a trick play here or there, you know, uh, yeah. Ooh, what if a tight end instead of catching a big pass throws a big pass? Not just saying. <laughs> and also I would keep an eye on Max Duffy too. Like we, he talked about maybe doing the keeper thing more often only happened once this year because they screwed it up in the first game. So just yeah, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, let's you know, what's the line from the Water Boy? Oh, last game of the year Fouts. can't hold anything back now. Yeah, that's yeah. the best commentating Dan Fouts has ever done. What a clown! <laughs> that guy sucks. He's terrible. It's, it's it's that kind of game, especially with everything Kentucky's got going on. COVID year, you know, I think it could get weird. But we'll see. Um, really, you just want to hope the team plays well. I think it's been promising to hear some of the comments coming out. How get? I think the word giddy's been thrown out. Yeah, joy. Uh, and I've, <laughs> you've heard multiple players talk about the importance of playing well in this bowl game because the season didn't go as they wanted to. So I think you're going to see a motivated Kentucky team. I think their um, heads from, are in the right place. Right. From NC State side, they're coming off a better than expected year. Um, so – you know, how, what's the motivation factor for them? You don't know. Um, so we'll see. Uh, again, like I said, I think it could go either way. I really do. I think Kentucky needs to get positive play from the quarterback position, but the game could go anyway here. Oh, man. And it's going to be a doozy Saturday at noon. It's going to be a long day for the Big Blue Nation. You've got Cats in the Gator Bowl at noon, 6 o'clock, Kentucky, Mississippi State in Stark, Vegas. So – Gonna be gonna be a long day, and hopefully, like that doubleheader a few years back uh, during the bowl game, the early game is a winner. So it's all gravy from here on out. What yes. second game losing streak, huh? I don't even know what you're talking about. It's just a Gator Bowl. That's all we're worried about. So let's hope that happens, and that we all have a, a very happy New Year. Amen, brother. All right. Well, 2020, get the hell out of here. We'll see you all in 2021 after the Cats kick NC State's ass in the Gator Bowl. Until then, I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. We appreciate y'all listening to 11 Personnel. See you next year. <laughs>